This is the Data Privacy Detective, and today we're going to talk about doxing. Now, if you don't know how to spell it, I'm not sure the world does. D-O-X-I-N-G, I've seen, and I've seen D-O-X-X-I-N-G. And today, uh, we're very happy to have a guest to tell us uh, a lot about doxing and a recent law passed in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. And with us today is, is Justin Faust. Justin, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you, Joe, for having me. I appreciate it. You're a litigating attorney with the firm of uh, Frost Brown Todd. You're in the Louisville office. And uh, so you have been following what's happened in Kentucky. And uh, we, we want to talk about doxing. So let's start. What is doxing? And uh, this is a word that emerged into the lingo probably at the beginning of the 21st century, maybe at the end of the 20th century. It's one of those new words. The meaning is still evolving. But it's the act of publicly revealing uh, either previously or limited access private information about an individual or an organization, uh, usually through the Internet, through the use of uh, digital technology. And it's, it's morphed a bit into a kind of a meaning of, of cyberbullying uh, through, through posts. Justin, do I, do I have it basically right? Yeah, Joe, that's, that's basically correct. You know, it's, it's revealing... Uh, private information about somebody and, and, and with the intent essentially to harass them or, or abuse them, things of that nature. Now that's a real key piece. And, and just sending somebody information about somebody's email address with no malevolent intent, that's not doxing. So it's, it's when you really want to target someone uh, w with bad intent, right? That, that's what doxing is. It's this combination of revealing information, usually to a large group of people, not just you don't call your friend and say, hey, here's the address. That's probably not doxing. Would you agree? Yeah, that's correct. It's typically to a, a big group of people, either on the Internet or, or you know, television or something like that, usually on the Internet. though. OK, and, and certainly that can lead to all sorts of bad things. In the early days, uh, probably arose out of hackers who weren't happy with what other hackers are doing. And, and my understanding is uh, uh, one of them would call uh, 25 pizza delivery services and say, hey, show up uh, over at this fellow's house. And all of a sudden, he'd be up all night getting pizza that he didn't order. And, but it's moved beyond that, hasn't, hasn't it? I mean, there have been eight people killed uh, by the publication of their information, uh, the people who happen to be abortion providers and a lot of people on the other side of that one. And, and it, 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 very serious. There have been deaths, haven't there? What are some of the bad results of uh, doxing that uh, you've seen or heard of, uh, Justin? Well, the, there's always the example of swatting, which is similar to doxing, where, where somebody will call or, or put on the Internet, uh, uh, you know, information about somebody and falsely state, hey, the SWAT team needs to show up to this place. And that has caused... And swatting comes from SWAT, the SWAT team showing up, right? That's the whole point. Go ahead. Yeah. Right. The SWAT team will show up and people who have, people have been killed in those sorts of situations where the SWAT team will show up thinking that there's a kidnapping or some sort of other uh, issue going on and, and end up killing the people. I've also seen some instances of businesses being uh, victims of ransomware where the, where the, uh, for instance, like a, a healthcare provider or somebody like that, where the, the hackers will say, hey, I'm going to reveal the social security number of all of your uh, all of your employees or all of your your uh, patients to the to the Internet as a whole, unless you pay me money. And then the, if they don't pay them the money, out goes everybody's social security and 
that sort of information out, out to the internet. To, so it, it touches on the extortion that can be engaged in. And uh, again, that's the bad intent in that example. Right. right. Exactly. And, yeah. and I know there was a, uh, a staffer in Congress who uh, uh, acted during the, uh, uh, the hearings for Justice, now Justice Kavanaugh, and uh, published uh, public inter personal information about five uh, senators who were on Justice Kavanaugh's, uh, the site of his confirmation. And he ended up with four, a sentence of four years in federal prison under a federal statute. So bad things can happen uh, from doxing. Doxing isn't uh, something benign. And there is a federal statute about this uh, that goes back a ways, very rarely enforced, very hard to enforce for some uh, reasons we're going to talk about, uh, uh, Justin. Uh, but uh, we want to talk about the states getting into the act now. And Kentucky has passed a recent law. Uh, so when, when, when was it uh, passed, uh, Justin? Yeah, Kentucky passed it this session, and it was passed the last day of the session, I think pretty close to midnight. It was one of the last bills passed by, uh, by both houses of the, of the legislature. And this is July of uh, 2021? It was, it was passed in the spring, and then the, the law became effective in July. So I think okay. it was April or May or March is when it was passed. And then, so uh, mid-2021, Kentucky has an anti-doxing law. And right. what does it say? What does it say? Well, it essentially says that it, it, it provides a criminal aspect and a civil liabilities aspect. So victims of doxing can get uh, uh, two, two roads of recovery. Uh, prosecutors can use it, and there's different levels. Some are misdemeanor doxing, and then there's felony doxing. Uh, and what I'm most focused on, though, is the, is the creation of a new tort, essentially, in Kentucky, uh, bring, bringing civil liability for those who, who have been, those who are- So doxing is a tort. I didn't learn that in law school. So this is a brand new tort. Okay. And, and what, uh, what, what constitutes the tort? Well, there are some elements, and they're written out in the statute. I won't won't bore your listeners with the exact uh, uh, language, but essentially, it says that if, if someone who purposefully, intentionally, so it has that's a big part. Of it has an intentional tort, intentionally discloses some uh, personal identifying information, and it lists some examples, but it doesn't say these examples are all the examples, and and they do that with the intent to intimidate, abuse, threaten, harass, or frighten. That, that that person can then sue for damages and they can sue mm -hmm. they, they can sue whoever does the doxing and anybody else who who uh, you know assisted them jointly and several are jointly and severally liable and if the harm is just emotional distress could be very severe there's no killing or no let's hope there's no damage you could still recover for emotional distress type damages that's correct. You can recover for emotional distress type damages, it looks like. You can also, and Kentucky doesn't really have a lot of these statutes that allow these sort of uh, penalties, recovery penalties in statute, but this is one of the few statutes that allows for attorney's fees in Kentucky for the, for, for the person who's been doxxed. They can go after punitive damages, um, all sorts of things that typically in Kentucky you can't get for intentional, even in so just on the civil side, this is a big risk to somebody if they engage in this activity uh, uh, in Kentucky. Oh, yeah. And, and how about the criminal side? Now, you, you said it's a range from misdemeanor to felony. So what's uh, how much of a prison term could someone get? 
Oh, you know, I, I don't know off the top of my head the, the exact penalties. I, I do know that if, if somebody ends up getting hurt, you can be looking at significant prison time. So I think yeah. that I don't, I don't have it in front of me, but I think. But it's not just a fine of uh, some sort. You could go to prison for. You can go to dogs. prison, I think, underneath the misdemeanor and the, the felony. And, and you don't want that felony on your on your record. But definitely if somebody is actually hurt as a result of the, the doxing, uh, physically hurt, then then there's definitely the the threat of a, a felony a felony so this is this is this is very uh, serious stuff well let's think about it uh, what isn't doxing let's take an example let's say somebody's angry at a business for whatever reason selling things that kill uh, animals or who knows what uh, and so they uh they they let's say it's a kentucky company and the person puts out the uh, the name and the email address and the home address of the CEO who, let's just say, lives in Lexington, Kentucky. And a whole crowd shows up and there's signs. And you, okay, that person going to go to jail? Can the, can the business and the CEO sue the person? I mean, how, how's this going to work in practice? Because some of that is, is, is the exercise of free speech, some would say. And, and others would say, well, he really didn't intend to uh, hurt the person. He, he he just wanted to boycott the company. So, I, how's the how are the courts going to sort through this? What do you think? Well, there there will definitely be a lot of interesting First Amendment questions that arise from this law. Uh, you know that that'll be sorted out through courts and and uh, what is protected by the First Amendment and what isn't and is the statute too vague? That sort of thing will be all determined by courts in the future. Uh, what I what I'll say is as as the statute is written the uh determination was made by a jury essentially if a reasonable person would you know be hard be be afraid basically or, or or would think that the doxing was you know would potentially cause them physical injury or physical injury to an immediate family member then they can bring a suit and that's essentially what stops people there has to be a level of intent which is subjective essentially and a, a fear, which is also subjective, well, which is more objective. The fear has to be objectively reasonable fear uh, arising from that. So if, if the CEO is fearful and a reasonable person would be fearful from what you were discussing there, there's potential for a suit. And, you know, if you call a crowd to do something, who knows what the crowd will do? And so in hindsight, the courts will have to look at this. And then you're saying a jury typically would would need to decide what was the intent based on a standard of what a reasonable person think. Is, is that our situation? That's right. Uh, it, it most likely, I would think, would be a, a jury question, not a question for the judge about whether whether the the doxing would or the dissemination of the personal information was such that it would cause a reasonable person to be in fear of physical injury. And that's so. That, so any any person thinking of sending an email with personal information to a, about a, an individual to a group of people, I better give some thought to it before before doing it. Even if they win a case, you know Voltaire said he 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 was bankrupted twice: once when he lost a case, and once when he won. So uh, it sounds like that's a little bit of the way the statute's going to work, with the obvious purpose of making people careful about what they do with uh, digital information. Is that fair to some? Yeah, let me, let me clarify, too. An email is, is one thing. It, it, uh, in the law, it says that you have to publish it to a public forum. So 
an email from one person to another, that might not cost. That's not toxic. Okay. How about posting it to Facebook? Posting it to Facebook, that's where you run into trouble. That's a public forum. Yeah, that would be considered a public forum, Twitter. uh, You know, there's a lot of things. It doesn't just, the law doesn't limit itself to the internet, but that seems to be what it's aimed at is social media web websites uh, where not, not at, at the websites, but the disseminators on those websites. What about sending an uh, email to 50 people? Well, that could, that could constitute a, a public forum. So we'll have to, we'll find out someday. A court will have to rule on that. <laughs> it could potentially, it could potentially do that. So well, let me, let me ask you one last thing here. If you were advising a business because uh, Am I right? A business, uh, likewise, can be uh, accused of doxing. Well, what, what I will say is, is the law it specifically excludes some businesses, and I think they do that to exclude some of the federal laws that protect certain businesses from certain online businesses from those people that disseminate information on their, on their websites. But it doesn't protect all businesses. And so it's interesting that the law points out a couple of different businesses that are excluded from liability voice over internet providers, mobile service providers, um, telecommunication service providers, the, the broadband providers, those businesses are exempted from liability under the Well, statute. and as you say, they're, gov- they're governed by a federal statute. On, uh, it was to promote the freedom of the internet. Uh, Correct. What, what businesses are, are rather clearly included? Well, that, I, I won't say that any are, are clearly included. What, what I will say is that I, I would advise any business that, that after seeing this law, they may want to take a look at their uh, acceptable use policies for internet access. Uh, while intentional torts are difficult to prove against businesses, I, I wouldn't uh, uh, I wouldn't say they're in the clear just because it's an intentional tort. Uh, they really should businesses really should be looking at at their policies and procedures for their employees, their vendors, their customers who are using their computers or or anything else that sends things out into the public forum, that they need to be really watching that, making sure that that, that they are clear that this, this publishing of personally identifying information is not something that, that the business condones. And likewise, would I be right, this would apply on the face to a nonprofit organization, a political advocacy group, uh, anybody, as long as it fits the language of the, of the statute. That's correct. I mean, it, it, there, there are a lot of issues when you come to an intentional tort of holding a, a business vicariously liable. So there's, there's a little bit here or there, but arguments certainly can be made that, that a business acts through either its employees or whoever else. And so uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see how courts treat that. Uh, but I, I will, would know, and it's very important for businesses and anybody else who's hitting share or, or retweet or anything like that, the statute says that everybody who disseminates the personally identifiable information is jointly and severally liable with anybody else who does it. And that so this that would, uh, on its face, affect a retweet of, of something if it had, if that person had the intent and the other things the statute requires. But simply retweeting, retweeting, you wouldn't say, "Well, I didn't write it originally." Uh, that would not be a defense. You're saying. That's correct. If you if you just retweet it, you, you could be named in a lawsuit, um, and so and you could end up paying the total amount of damages. Let's say, you know, somebody who is essentially judgment proof who has no money. And you want to go after them for money, and they, you know, you go after them for two years, and then somebody else who either a business or, 
or somebody who has uh, finances has hit retweet, uh, they could be a target. And, you know, uh, even though and you might let, be left holding the bag as so to speak. So it, it's one of the few laws in Kentucky too, that specifically applies joint and several liability. Every other tort uh, as you know, that I can think of, I'm sure there are some exceptions, but th there's apportionment of damages. So you, you're only liable for your percentage. And here, this would be, you're liable for hundred percent if, if, if you're found uh, liable. In the context of an intentional tort. So <laughs> that's really quite unusual, isn't it? As the law goes. It really is. And it's it'll be interesting to see how this plays out in the courts. There's a lot of issues uh, that'll be interesting to see how courts treat them going forward. And, and the, the facts. Well, we will talk much more. We'll learn much more as the anti And there are other states uh, thinking about uh, this sort of thing. So we're sure to see a proliferation of uh, state laws about this, I think. Yeah, that's definitely true. The, there's, there's some in different states, they're doing different things. I think Oklahoma passed a law that, that protects uh, law enforcement providers uh, from this and not just the general public like Kentucky does Kentucky's original version of the statute was meant to protect minors only and then it changed the general public. I think mm -hmm. there's been a proposal in one state for healthcare providers who are being doxxed over vaccine issues, that kind of thing. So it's right. different states are, are treating it differently, but Kentucky's one of the first states to, to pass these laws. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how the courts deal with them. And last question, I, I, I don't see this as a left or right political issue. I mean, some, some groups have been doxxed uh, who are said to be Nazis or white supremacists, uh, not frankly somebody I'd have over for dinner. But it's not about that. It's not from the left or the right. It's really uh, how we behave in a society where our information uh, can be dangerous if, if distributed in the wrong way. Would, would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I would note that this this law passed in Kentucky with uh, bi bipartisan support. That's one of the few laws that do that. We have a, a Republican supermajority in the legislature, and it, it, it received. Um, and you have a Democratic governor, and he signed. A Democratic Democratic governor who signed it, and it did. Yeah. And we had Democratic legislators who voted for it, and that some some Democratic legislators did not, but. Uh, but it, it passed pretty overwhelmingly in Kentucky by both parties and was signed by our Democratic governor. So, yeah, there, there's interest on both sides to stop this sort of thing. Well, a vote for privacy <laughs> in Kentucky. Well, Justin, thank you for sharing that. And I will close our podcast, as I always do. Protecting your personal privacy begins with you.